welcome to the Fukuma Podcast, episode 10. Uh, today we are lucky enough to welcome Shaheen Kohastajad. that work? <laughs> Not so much. If you do Ko, Jazz, Ta, Zod, like Izod. Naim Naja? <laughs> Naga. Na- Nagasaki Zod. Naga work here anymore. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we are welcoming Shaheen Kohastajad. Perfect. Look at that. The co-owner of Novari Res in Portland, Maine, um, which if you're anybody who is into beer at all, you know about this bar. And this is, uh, you know, probably worldwide, one of the best beer bars, I would say, in the world. Shaheen is a full-time Persian also. Always. He's big into Zoroastrianism. <laughs> that's that's a thing. Oh, yes. The old gods. <laughs> we worship the old gods here. That's <laughs> That's what we do. Uh, and we met, we met, you were selling weed out of your apartment when we met, I think, back in the day. Yes, uh, <laughs> it was my first apartment when I was 19. That's what I you believe. do out of your first apartment. Yeah, that's how I paid for it until yeah. I got caught. Uh, and yeah. then, uh, you know, when I was a weed bootlegger, I got out of work one day and uh, went upstairs to one of my clients' houses, and that's where I found Joe. Uh, so we're at episode 10. You know, most people have like 200 or 300 episodes after a month, you know? We're on 10, but I just kind of <laughs> go at a pace. Every two weeks, you know, we come up with an episode. Why do you need more than that? Well, it's chestnut checker, so. Navari Res opened in, what, 2009? 2008, so May 21st, yeah. 2008. Nice. So that's 11 years for you mm-hmm. there of dealing with beer nerds and beer geeks. Uh, yes, the evolution has come full form now. Yeah, I can imagine. what Now, if I were to go kind of high fidelity on you, as far as in terms of beer nerd, beer geek customers, what are your top five all-time worst kinds of people to deal with? Hmm. What are the traits that they have? So I would say back in the day, it was the old dude who would tell you about everything that he's ever done in his beer career. Oh. And kind of like mansplaining shit to you. Um, and, you know, I was lucky enough to go to like Belgium on some of the early trips. Um, and so I actually get to meet a lot of the people they were talking about and just hearing them like bullshit. So they would be like lying to your face about like You're the like, name I of a knew brewery. Mr. Chimay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like those dudes, you know, for good or bad, like um, I think represent like the old school beer geek. And then you kind of had like my school where it was like, you have like the OGs like Fritz Maytag, all those guys who are the innovators. Then you had like the 90s, so kind of like your gritties, Algash White. I mean, uh, Rob Todd's Algash. Yeah, we had Rob Todd on, um, on our show here. And him. then you kind of had this like early 2000s to 2000, I don't know, like 12-ish group where it was like we rode on the backs of those giants. Um, and then the newest ones kind of just don't give a shit about anything. Uh, And it's literally just like very Instagram driven. Um, So I'd say you're old school beer geek. Um, You have like the beer geek that's kind of in my room where you still drank like import beers, but you were about like innovation, new styles, really just trying to be a little more creative. Then you had the next wave, which was just like really what was on, like what was popular, like just aggressively ticking how many beers you drank online. And now it's like not even like that anymore. It's like a little bit of writing every beer you have, but also like what can you take a photo of uh, so other people know that you drank that thing. Right. And we both know how exciting photos of bottles are. Oh, especially like in front of your dirty dishes. <laughs> yeah, in front of your dirty dishes. Like, oh, it, it's a glass of beer. Yeah. Like that's a that's you did a wonderful job here. So, yeah. Then you have the way that's like I just I'm looking for just like a plain Gary's. None yeah. of that Hampshire special shit. Just, just a plain Gary's. And it's funny because like now it's just uh, literally just the most wackadoo shit possible. It's like not even innovation anymore. It's just like how much weird, disgusting shit can you put into something? So it creates yeah. like a hype story and then all of a sudden blows up on the Internet. And, this, and now you're talking more about beer making. Yeah, beer making brewing. and beer drinking is like okay. the consumer side of things. Like they'll literally like pour it inside of a fishbowl with like no head and oh. then like, or take like some really, um, like key and PO when they do outcasts with the, yeah, the exactly. Vase with the green food coloring. <laughs> exactly. Cause yeah. there's literally something I was watching today that was, uh, somebody knocked off a Sonic slushy that was like neon blue. Uh-huh. It was like a sour IPA with a bunch of crazy shit inside of it. That was neon blue. Uh, and this like kind of beer blog that like makes fun of beer, uh, yeah. posted something about it. And then 
they made the biggest fucking mistake of like responding to essentially the beer troll because now they're just screenshotting everything that they're doing and reposting that. And that's becoming its own story. So it's kind of one of those things where I've been trying to like not ever read into that shit, but it's yeah. kind of like a car accident where you're like, yeah, you let's see get the a cadaver. little involved. Yeah. <laughs> so we have number one is the old know-it-alls. Number two is the exact opposite of that. The people doing that shit. Yeah. And it's like a little bit of the know-it-alls, but also trying to tell them like, Hey man, maybe there should be something cool. Uh, something else new can happen. Where, like, the older dudes would kind of, like, rail on the younger guy being like, fuck that. Like, we only brew beer from the 1800s. Right. Versus, like, the kind of the next wave. And then the following wave was like, all right, we can push this a little bit further, but we still have an understanding of, like, some of the classic beer culture. Yeah. And then the next wave, like, they have actually no idea about previous beer culture. They just know, like, what happened on Instagram 10 minutes ago. So it's, like, yeah, very they much... They live in the 10 minutes in front of them and then the 10 minutes behind them in the present. And they're all, legit. like, pog collectors at the end of the day. Pog? Yeah, yeah like, the uh, game where no, it's, like, the chips. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, not about... Um, the product itself, it's about, like, what they can collect. Now, uh, if I was talking more along the lines of top five most irritating kinds of patrons in the bar mm-hmm. in this regard, as yeah. far as beer people, what what are the things that they do that when you just want you, that make you really want to punch them? Because uh, it's always, like, that, like, difference. Because then you have the people who straight up just don't give a fuck about what we're doing, and right. they just show up and, like, they're like, bro, you don't have Mick Ultra? I'm like, I'm sorry, <laughs> we don't. But, like, let me try to get you a yeah. Also, the good news is 200 other places in this town do have Mick Ultra. For sure. Like, this, to this day, kind of happens. And, like, for me, I've always been, like, if I can spark off somebody's, like, I don't know, how stoked they are on, like, good beer, then I've done a good job. But sometimes you just hit a wall where you're like, oh, word, you, I got nothing for you. Like, literally, somebody came in and only wanted Coors Light, and I was like, well... Got pills in there. I've got Kolsch. They're like, no, I specifically yeah. only and, drink Coors Light. And how do I know if those beers are cold? Do they have mountains on them that are turned blue? <laughs> exactly. I mean, how do I know if that's a cold beer or not? I don't know. This is why you need to carry Coors Light. So, you know, their tongues can't ever tell them that. They have to no. have some type of visual signal. <laughs> or they that have no sense of ready. feeling in their in their fingers. You know, they're like, I have to see that mountain is blue, and you know the Coors is good to go. Yeah, and I fucking even told the guy, I was like, dude, like I just don't think this might be the bar for you because like if that is the one thing that you do. Yeah, I don't have it. And I was I like, want, check out somewhere else. I think it'd be amazing to get some kind of scandal going, like to get a picture of like a whole stack of cores in the middle of like a Costco or whatever, but like in the <laughs> store, but with the blue all activated on it, ah. like a big crazy, like, look at these are all blue, but these are room temperature. Like what's going on? And the chaos ensues. But yeah, people would people would be up in arms. They'd have no idea. They'd be like, they wouldn't know whether to check if the mountains are blue or look at the born on date. They'd have no idea what to do before they drank that. Because I feel like, you know, the knuckle dragger who can't tell temperature of liquid <laughs> yeah. by drinking it would yeah. have their mind blown. But be like, right. it's fucking blue. And I want to know my Budweiser's birthday. I want to know when, when was this Bud Light born? Uh, I have to know. I got to know. I was going to say, like, a homie of mine, um, I forget what the fuck it is. It's in New Hampshire. Like, one of the Budweiser factories, I think they have a brewery in New Hampshire. And uh, he came to Navarre for, like, my birthday and was like, I got something super special for you. Like, kind of hyped it up. And then he brought me over a bottle of Budweiser Heavy. And I was like, yeah. cool, man. What, what the fuck is this? I was like, thank right. you for the Budweiser. But then he, like, showed me. He's like, I actually picked it up at the brewery today. So this is, like, born today. today. And I was like... <laughs> This is fucking insane. And, you know. How was it? I mean, it tasted like like the freshest Budweiser I've ever had. (laughs) Yeah. Like the, I mean, that is like, that is like a newborn Clydesdale. Which that is. We went to, we did a staff trip out to Denver and uh, we went to the Budweiser factory and then the Miller Coors factory. Yep. Honestly, I expected a lot like to fucking hate Budweiser a lot more. Once I actually got there, it was like, the dude dude even said, he's like, you guys are crappier guys. I know. But, like, let me just really show you what's going on. Yeah, let me show you all the history happening yeah. <laughs> here. You know what else is funny? It's Bud, Bud Heavy. So when I was growing up, the Bud Heavy was always... See, I thought it was, like, you know, remember the 16-ounce bottles? Yeah. I thought that was a Bud Heavy, like a pounder can or a pounder bottle. Because it's, like, heavy. Heavy, because it actually feels heavy. But then I, when I really thought about it much later on, I'm like, I see. The opposite of light is heavy. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> like, Which, I don't know if that's a main thing, because I forgot where the fuck we were. It was, um, actually, yeah, in Buffalo. Like, we were at a dive bar, and I was like, yeah, I'll have, like, four Bud Heavies. And the guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, <laughs> So they didn't have any heavies? pounders, or they didn't have any Bud Heavies? 
It was just fucking straight up Bud bottles. Bud. And this is in Buffalo, New York, so it's uh, very much a Labatt's town. So yeah, like, oh. I got like the double stink eye. I didn't from realize this guy. The, the Canadian reaches over the border there. Oh, yeah. Labatt's is in Canada, though, right? It's not in yeah, yeah. Buffalo. Okay. And uh, I like Labatt's ice. Because what exactly was the ice with all those? Ice beers? Like ice well, all I knew was they cost the same amount. <laughs> But they were 5.5% alcohol instead of 3.2. And if it was Bud Light or whatever, had the cool crystallized bottle. Ah. Because oh, yeah, yeah, the one too. that had a little icebergs on the top. Icebergs. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't have to turn blue. You just knew that shit was cold because you know why condensation. Fucking ice. You could be like, that shit. That's a cold ass bottle of ice beer. It was born of ice. And there was Ice House. And which took it to the next level. That's the funniest thing is you think about it. Like I was talking about this somebody with... um. This like old restaurant Portland fucking steez, and then it's like when HSA would come out, that was everybody shift beers. Yeah. You're like, that's just fucking yeah, six point. You're not drinking plain Gary's in the wintertime. Yeah. You're drinking that HSA. Hampshire special shit. And everybody would just be like, you know, being like, oh my God, I'm getting so fucking hammered yeah. off this. Like you would get shit faced, but at the same time, like now you look at like the nuclear race that is craft beer and it's like, oh, that's a pretty reasonable well, ABV. Right. And it's funny. I think, well, A, I don't, I hate the kind of drunk you get off high alcohol beer. Like, I'd much prefer the drunk you get off, like, several thousand lower alcohol beers. But the funny thing about the Hampshire is, so I can't decide if, like, it was better back then before they were making it year-round, or if just when we were drinking it back then, we didn't know any better, so we thought it was a better beer than it actually was. I mean, there's a lot of corn syrup in that beer, right? Or at least yeah, I'm not exactly sure if it's all malt or if they usually, usually like, uh, dextrose will be something that kicks up ABV. But I feel like with Geary's, they probably definitely use, like, you know, another bag of malt. Because, like, to get, yeah. like, a little bit higher, you only need a few more bags. Like, I feel like once you start getting into, like, the 9-10% range, yeah. that's when you're really starting to add, like, simple sugar to try to... So you want to kick up alcohol without, like, making it thick. And like uh, cloningly sweet, essentially. So what's the deal with the times when you're like 120 minutes, 90 minutes, 60 minutes? So originally back in the day, it was like the whole minutes thing with Dog Vached is yeah. he got an old um, like electro football table and uh-huh. hooked it up in front of the kettle and then had hops continuously going in for 60 minutes. So I was like vibrating on this like electro football table. That's pretty cool. man. And then it was started <laughs> with like 60 minute. 90 minute edition and then 120 but it was also six percent nine percent right and the original 120 was 21 percent alcohol it's 20 percent now right uh i think they kicked it back 20. down to 18 a conservative because it was stronger than the utopias i remember that right yeah so utopias is the highly uh still to this day i think the highest alcoholic beer that's just through fermentation i see um there was this kind of like nuclear race between like brew dog and a i think russian brewery but it would make sense if it was a Russian brewery. Yeah, and I think like Brewdog came out with a beer that was like thirty six percent that was ice distilled. So they just throw it inside of an ice cream machine and like remove water, okay. which is like the ice box method, but like on steroids. Right. And that was Tactical Nuclear Penguin, and then a Russian, I think it was a Russian, a Russian brewery came along, uh, or no, a oh, German brewery. Came I remember along. this. It was like a black can or something. I remember seeing it was like a black and green label or something, right? Yeah, or, the, it was a German brewery, yeah. I think, and they did one that was like forty percent alcohol. So they made another beer called Sink the Bismarck, which was like forty, and then finally they had like End of the World, mm-hmm. which was fifty-two percent alcohol. Which did they get sued by? Uh, I don't even know. Like they literally took this bottle, shoved it up a squirrel's ass. So the neck of the bottle was coming out of its mouth and then like dressed it up in a tuxedo and a kilt. And it cost like $1,400. An actual squirrel? Yeah, an actual squirrel. That was dead. Actually dead. Okay. And like that was the thing. They were selling the bottles for like $1,400. I think recently a animal rights activist hooked up with a brewery and protesting foie gras, but they're not out there with the squirrel people. Shoving the bottles up squirrels' ass. Well, I guess the squirrels are already dead. And, you know, squirrels die. That's just part of life. Yeah. I think you're the ultimate jag-off if you buy those <laughs> that beer. Yes, I just remember when that was happening, too. And, like, this is kind of, like, the craft beer uh, realm that, like, when Navari first opened, this is what we kind of started, like, seeing more, where the older brewers were like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you guys are now just, like, I think, like, the advent of social media and the internet really becoming a thing. Because you think about, like, Rob Todd, when they came around, it was still like being at a bar, like, you know, a bartender behind the sticks talking to you. Right. And that's how you built your brand. Right. Face to face interactions. And then like, I think 2006 ish. That was Dogfish 2006 and, and Rogue. 
right? Yeah, for sure. Like when we first opened, those were, you know, uh, some of the the biggest brewery names and like Dog Shed we're still homies with. And I think they're pivoting, but at the same time, like they're, um, you know, they merged with Sam Adams and they're kind of just trying to find their own lane. Like the whole super highly alcoholic beer thing, I think kind of turns off some people. To drink. I, I mean, if something is randomly high on alcohol, that's fine. I mean, if it, you're not trying to drink 20 stouts, if oh, it's like sure. an imperial style that's like 9%, like old Rasputin or whatever, you know, that's fine. But like, yeah, these, these little like quads and, yeah. and, and like quintuple fucking, you know, <laughs> and people who actually like look at a list and buy something based on. ABV, when I was going back, I'm probably not going to finish the list, but as far as bar patrons <laughs> that I'd want to deck, yeah. uh, somebody who's like, what do you get the ABV, man? Like, what's the high gravity? What's, you know, what do you got? I'm like, you know what I got? Nothing for you. Yeah, and it's just one of those things I where it's a like, I do, Ultra for you. I do the exact opposite because, like, I think uh, any professional drinker is, like, looking at the list being like, I'm in it for the long haul, and I know yeah. if I just crush, like, five 120s, I'm going to be fucked. Oh, like, a professional drinker knows what they want anyway. They're not even an issue. Yeah, I just choose you off, know. like, lower ABV, and depending on, like, the night. Like, we're in Belgium. Like, we'll probably just be drinking kind of, like, steady for 16 hours. So, like, you know, if it's around 10 o'clock at night, and I've just been, like, pretty good all night, and we're at some weird, uh, like, weird Belgian dive bar. Yep. I'm definitely going to probably maybe like kick up the notch and start drinking like a quad or a triple and then maybe take a shot of like Geneva. And then all of a sudden we're in the middle of the uh, square drinking strong beers or Dupler, which is the shitty, shitty beer of Belgium and eating yeah. like weird horse meat sandwiches and shit. Oh, well, yeah, I can get down. See me, I, I would more push towards like once I'm there, I'm getting like the tumbler of Jennifer. Yeah. Neat. And I'm just like, whatever. I start I started just pounding liquor. I can't I can't go with anything that's sweet or heavy at that point. Like I need something just purely alcoholic. Do you remember Weedy who used to work in Navari? Of course. Like Weedy's we did legend. one big trip and it was like pretty much just the OG staff. And we rolled out to Belgium with I think like 14 people. And we were like hanging out with like some of the world's best brewers all day, just like super chill, kind of like behaving ourselves. Then it's like 10 o'clock at night. I'm sitting there talking to a few Lambic brewers, having a great conversation. And then all of a sudden I see uh, Sammy Poirier like smacking on the window of this bar being yeah. like, come outside, come outside. And I'm like, what's up? And he's like, we found this Jamaican bar and I feel like you need to come with me right okay. now. And I was all like, right. mm. it was before I like, it was a- uh, And this owner, is in so, Belgium? Or yeah, this okay. is in Brussels. Brussels and yeah. I just pretty much kind of like looked at Eric and was like, I'll be right back. And like ran with these guys and you could buy 10 shots of tequila for 10 euro on a mm. ski, but it wasn't a shot ski. They just handed you the ski. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. just drinking yeah, like just 10% beers and a Jamaican nightclub that wasn't even really Jamaican. Well, they do like baby sham, right? What's the Jamaican thing? It's like a, isn't it like a Guinness drink or something. Oh, I, I think I remember talking about It's like the foreign uh, export or whatever. Guinness, they got like, some there. Yeah, that's, I forget what exactly that jam is there, but yeah. Probably shot of Appleton inside. <laughs> you know, like high strength. The best Guinness. place to experience authentic Jamaican culture, definitely Brussels. That's, <laughs> That's where I you got to find it. That's amazing, though. And it's funny. Those brewers came and found us and they were like, man, how the fuck did you guys find this place? Like my like the bar owner that we were at, he was like, I'm from this neighborhood and I've never seen this place before. And we're like, really? When Navari parties, <laughs> we can we find it. We sniff this motherfucker out. We need to find it. I can definitely we say Weedy and Erica will always find the squirrely <laughs> place for us to go. That's amazing. <laughs> Actually, I love that. Uh, with Navari, I noticed that you guys do a fair amount of traveling, um, which is cool. And you pick up, you know, I'm sure each time you come back. I mean, it's not like you're really making a lot of beer, but it's like, you know, well, I guess you are with Liquid Riot. But, yeah. You know, it's more like the beer culture and understanding the beer that you already sell. Whenever I hear about the like collaborations, I mean, like. Mm -hmm. I'm always like, what do you guys just show up and like you each take turns dumping buckets into a fucking tank and then you go play Fortnite? I mean, what 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 is what is collaborating? In, so I feel like there's like, you know, there's definitely some like just bullshit marketing ones where right. like, we collaborated and, and it's like, what? I Well, because you were standing next to it while I poured something in, we collaborated now. Like, that, and like pretty much sometimes people don't even get to that point. They're just yeah. like, we should co-brand something, yeah. have the minions talk. And then all of a sudden a product comes out. Whereas like when we usually do it, I like to think of it more of just like, it's just fucking you're hanging out with your homie, talking about a beer style or talking about a concept. And then you kind of talk about like, what could we actually do? And learning a technique from them or they're learning a technique from us. And then just pretty much hanging out. And like, for me, like the beer that we just did with Mass Landing, um, I had been running off three hours of sleep. 
and still showed up uh, at th- seven o'clock in the morning to mash in. And um, they were like, you know, we, we get it. You guys are bar owners. You guys can show up around like noon. We'll take the photo. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. We're here to actually brew the, brew the beer. Yeah. And for me, it's like the big things of coming up with a recipe. Like that's, I think, one of the most important things. Uh, and then showing up, graining in, actually asking questions about their system, learning about their process. And for me, like selfishly as a bar owner, it's very telling. And like, I get to see like what the process of this company is that I'm going to be pouring their products. And you can definitely tell a lot with like sanitation, their philosophy on things, their corporate culture. And this goes back to what you were talking about initially. It's like you brew beer to drink. You're not brewing beer for the Insta. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's fun. Like we, the one we did, we were kind of like, has, there's a lot of downtime. So there is some time for Gotta stupid shit. Fortnite. So we did like workout videos. Like I was like, all right, we're brewing employee inspired <laughs> beers. So it was uh, all about the ploys. Who would you do a ploy inspired beer with? Uh, Mass Landing. Nice. So we're still coming. We came up with some really good names like Ploys to Men, uh, Ploy Division. Ah, yeah. Um, still working title, but I don't think anybody got their Joy Division um, reference that I made. And I was like, all right, maybe we'll just. Uh, Which Joy Division one. reference? Uh, we were calling it Ploy Division. Oh, Ploy Division. <laughs> and we were, uh, yeah, just pretty much like had a fuck ton of maple syrup and there was like an hour of nothing to do. So I had been drinking some uh, beer and was like, all right, we're making a fucking workout video and pretty much like forced my staff and their staff to do different various workouts and then made this like edited mashup. Um, and we, yes, we did do it for the gram on that one because yeah. I was like, I got to somehow advertise this beer. Yeah. But it's mainly for us was like going there getting to kick it with like Simon, who's uh, just finished his uh, chalice list. Like he's been talking to us for years about doing this. And we did one that was inspired by a breakfast that I kept eating in uh, Greenpoint, Brooklyn. That's like a Polish neighborhood. So we made like a Polish style Baltic Porter. Okay. And then this is kind of like riffing off that. And I was like, let's fucking do something main. So ploys. Yeah. Fuck. Then you get more main than ploys, more French. French Canadian. Yeah, nobody knew what the <laughs> fuck I was talking Dude, about. Dude, ploys are delicious, and you're an asshole if you don't know what we're talking about. If you're from Maine, you get a yeah. pass if you aren't. <laughs> I will say that you are like very natural on the Instagram. Like you, you're ridiculous, but it doesn't feel forced. Like you're just a ridiculous person, and it's entertaining because you genuinely are entertaining. Not you're not just like look at me. I'm gonna put this thing on. I have my shirt off. You're like no, I have my shirt off whether there was a camera here or not. It wouldn't matter. Yeah, that's like, how I know. Real yeah, shit. Kind of like Bane. Like you think the darkness is your ally. I was born in the darkness. <laughs> you, you, you were. You know, the shadow follows you around. And speaking of of, of shadowy events, I think that um, well, you were part of Pum Kaka, my oh, pumpkin yes. beer tasting uh, later on in the last episode with Brian Kevin, um, because that will air was a good or probably past Halloween now. Um, you know, episode one hundred and fifty two. I had him read a lot of our descriptions from the, the beers. Oh, and Jesus. you had one initially where you referred to something as like ass carrots or something. And then you consistently <laughs> were talking about things that sounded like you were rating beers lower than the one you rated that tasted like ass carrots. <laughs> and he kept being like, so this beer, even though is worse than yeah. ass carrots. I'm like, yeah, it, it is. But I thought it was always funny about the, the pumpkin beer tasting because and as far as like, it's a great example of the beer industry just out of control um, because, you know, when we started it, it was like eight beers. Yeah. And then by the last, but you, you came on, I think was the first one when we did a Navari. Yeah. And you brought that pumpkin cream stuff. Uh, which <laughs> Eddie Gordo. Eddie Gordo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't forget those ever. And, uh, but then you were there for the, the, the last supper, which was the important, it was like, you know, 37 pumpkin beers. And everybody just, and people were always like, I really want to come do the pumpkin beer tasting. And then they'd do it and they'd be like, I hate this. <laughs> like, what did you expect exactly was going to happen to you? So I think it's common knowledge that we don't like pumpkin beer. But the reason I bring it up is that you've gone and created something that even makes my stomach turn with your milk drink crawl. Mm. It's like the, um, I feel like between that and the pumpkin beer tasting, it's like, it's like the IBS crawl. I don't know what... <laughs> What's going Diarrhea on? will ensue either way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just sounds very unpleasant on the uh, on the uh, GI situation. It's not that bad the night of. Yeah, it's always the next day. Why don't you talk about it? So why don't you why don't you tell us about it? Why don't you start from the beginning and tell us all about why anybody would get a crew together out who isn't in Clockwork Orange uh, <laughs> and, and go about pounding milk. So the milk crawl origin story. Uh, 
fuck, I think it was like 2009 or 2010. We oh, so were it's just, like when Pumpkaka started. Yeah, and it was just one of those things where it's like we went out to Sonny's for brunch, and I'm just I usually not a big like Bloody Mary person. I always just drink like White Russians in the morning. Yeah. Um, and I got a White Russian, had one, had two, and everybody's like, dude, you're fucking disgusting. How could you <laughs> just drink these all morning? And I'm like, have you guys ever actually gotten drunk off any milk? <laughs> and there's like, what? And I'm like, have you ever gotten drunk off milk? Like, have you ever got milk drunk? Like, babies get milk drunk. Like, have you? And they're like, yeah. no. That's and breast I'm like, milk, though, usually, right? Well, we might have snuck some in, in one or two of the Oh, milk there's been breast milk has made an appearance? In the, uh... Um, There's been the threat of it. The threat of it, or you just don't want to talk about it? Um, I'll probably leave the person out of it. Okay. <laughs> but it was... I'd uh, try it. I mean, I don't know. I haven't. I've tried it on two occasions. <laughs> How is it? I've it's never tried it. I'm always like curious. like a tangy raw milk, I would say. Which I think we like. We like yogurt, right? I mean, yeah. we like tangy sour stuff, so I, I feel like it would be a perfectly reasonable yeah, thing to The conversation, to can you make cheese out of it? Boot right. cheese has been a big conversation. It's like, yeah. I mean, if you're attracted enough to somebody... Yeah. Why not start bottling the... Shake it up. Anyway. But yeah, the the milk roll. Yeah, we just pretty much... All we did was like, all right, like, let's just name every dive bar in Portland. And one of our friends' girlfriends, like, was like, I got nothing to do. I'll just drive you guys. So we literally went all the way down for that day this began. Yeah, and just we literally turned it into an epic day where we just went all around the entire city, like, Forest Ave, like, uh, I think, like... Possibly the Frosty Pint, Samuels, like yeah. Mills Corner Pub, like oh, the whole Frosty night. Pint. That was uh, the CJ run. Thirsties and all that. Yeah, remember that? But yeah, that just kind of started it. And then I forgot how the fuck it started, but like it was during Portland Beer Week. I had told the story of that, and somebody's like, we should try to recreate it. And I was like, I don't know, it has really nothing to do with beer, but we were trying to find something to do for all the industry people during Beer Week who were just getting burned out by the 5 million events. So. Well, because it's, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I, Find it difficult to even, I mean, people might give up. I don't know how you still say interested in beer at this point. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's. I think it's mainly like just digging for more meaning. It's like Westworld. Like, there's more yeah. layers to the onion. And All right. I'm going crazy trying to find the center of it. Oh, okay. have you, how close are you? Getting close. Okay. Getting Back close. to the milk. <laughs> um, yeah. So we were like, let's do something for just industry people. Because I think the year before. We all just kept meeting up at Bonfire or some, I forgot where it was, but well, we Bonfire all kept meeting somewhere. around yet. That was like 2014, I feel like, wasn't it? Well, this has been going for the milk crawl. I think we're on our fifth or sixth milk, milk crawl during beer week. It was oh, whenever it started. Because it wasn't beer during week. beer week that it started. It started at the brunch at Sunny's. Yeah, yeah. It started at the brunch yeah, at Sunny's. Yeah. And then uh, it pretty much like when it started as its form that it is now, I had been telling that story for a while and everybody was like, well, we just kept showing up to this like, you know, bar and just doing uh, non-beer related shit. So I was like, all right, like, let's just actually organize something. And we decided Matthews will be the beginning and then we'll go to Ruski's. And on the way to Ruski's, I came up with the idea to do street creams where I hid uh, baby bottles full of like Allen's coffee, brandy and milk. You called them street creams. Street creams for the street team. Street creams are made of these. (laughs) The cream team loves them. It always has to be hidden behind a dumpster. Like we'll just be walking. Fucking gross, dude. Everybody's pretty turned off by it at first. So they're room tempy temp. No, no, I got a cooler. I like for strategically. Well, how do you hide, hide them it. if they're in a cooler? Um, it's in like a tinfoil cooler behind a dumpster. So as we're walking, <laughs> I'll pretend like I'm pissing <laughs> and then reach out from under the dumpster oh. and pull out the baby bottles full of. Uh, it's Alice like Coffee the fattening Band. version of getting iced. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then we'll permit just like go around the city. And right now, I'm currently trying to work on sponsorship from either uh, get Oki involved from Oakers. I mean, Oakers should be involved. That's a yeah. I even a, signed up for their Instagram influence. Oh, Oki would come with you. Yeah, yeah, or if we can borrow now, the outfit. Oki, if you're not from Maine, Oki is a large, uh, is the Oakhurst Dairy's mascot. He's just a big carton of milk. Um, <laughs> and if you happen to be missing a child, I'm sure you could probably pay to get the child on the side of Oki when he goes out. Absolutely. Missing, That's missing part of the sponsorship kids. that we're looking for. The sponsorship. Yeah, you have to have somebody, put somebody who's in the crawl missing on the milk carton or somebody who's moved away. It's a way to show respect. And it's almost like become its own beast because now like when uh, brewers from out of town are in, they're like, hey, man, like the guys from Seattle said they like came here and drank a bunch of milk with you. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a thing. And they're just oh, like, God. all right, can we go out and do that? And I'm like, oh, or we can just, you know, go out to dinner or something. They're like, no, no, we definitely want to get milk drinks. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And it's always. Uh, so is it always, I mean, is it always white Russians? I mean, what do you. 
Allinson milk is pretty much the basis. If they don't have Allinson milks, the first one. Well, Allinson has caffeine in it, right? Some form. It's. A, I think it's it mainly ninety-five percent sugar, two yeah, yeah, percent yeah. meth, and then a little yeah. bit of caffeine. Yeah, and a little bit of uh, a little bit of chipped reindeer antler in there. Exactly. And I feel like honestly, my, the biggest thing I blame about milk crawl the next day Ugh. is not the milk. Milk's not your enemy. Not the toast. It's the sugar. Yeah. I feel like the amount of sugar that you consume is really the thing that like yeah. starts off the headache. Well, that's why it was funny working in a liquor store. I used to be the, the wine buyer at Danny's Beverage on Commercial Street. There's a lot of stories there. But um, the the worst is when you get, you know, a lot of the the sort of the fishermen or whoever, um, because the homeless people didn't really drink Allen's. The homeless people would go more with like the Magnum of, or not Magnum, the uh, half, <laughs> the handle, excuse me, not Magnum, the handle of Orloff or whatever. Like, you know, Allen's isn't really getting you. But the fishermen love Allen's because you wake up and that's like a thing. But Jesus, like you, they come in and you could smell them from so far away, like Allen's on their breath in a liquor store. Yeah. From like the minute they walk through the door, you're like, Jesus, like that stuff. I can't imagine the hangover of drinking enough Allen's that you literally are emanating this aroma. That's this, sweet, sweet sugar. This co- now Allen's coffee brandy is what we're discussing here. I mean, only people from Maine, you know. Give a shit. Actually, Massachusetts. It made Massachusetts. Made right? Massachusetts, but nobody in Massachusetts really fucks it, really. Right. Everybody else likes Kahlua, but we like our Allens here. You know? That's the thing about fucking Allens and milk. When you really see how they're making it, it's 16-ounce shakers pint packed with ice to the brim with uh, Allens and then splash of cream. And, and like, they're using towards cream the end of the night, using milk. Um, a mixture of either. Like half Usually some places will use half and half. Some places will use generally whole milk, but it's like literally barely an ounce at the top. So, so you're like, getting a you're getting a pint glass of Allen's on the rocks. Yeah, it's usually That's like a black bucks. Russian almost more. Yeah. Now do they make black Russians with Allen's such as adding vodka to it, right? Um I think so. I usually just stick to the classics. I'll go heavy Allen's, but like even the first time, I think we ended at um I think the first time we ended at Eventide. And I fucking it was like right when Eventide opened up and I was like, hey man, can I get a white Russian? And he's like, dude, we're not making that right here. And I'm like I know you have cream somewhere out back. <laughs> and then they didn't have anything to really make that. So we just started being like, grab St. Germain, grab this. And then pretty much made our own uh, like milk cocktail. And that was the way that we ended it. Cause I remember when we got to Navari, um, one of um, my homies, Jeff, he was like, I'm done. I'm just drinking beer. And I'm like, you can't go back now. I'm like, you, you know how much milk is in your stomach? Like you got to continue. And you're, yeah, you're going to curdle everything. Have you ever seen a cement mixer? You're going to turn your stomach into a cement mixer. Yeah. I ended up taking Fernet and trying to mix it with milk. And I think Johnny Altoff that was there. And I was like, vile. this is a bad idea. We should probably leave. I want to barf just thinking about the combination <laughs> of Fernet and milk right now. That's disgusting. I know how much you love Fernet. I was doing a bit of a deep dive on your Instagram to find, because I was sort of researching the more of the milk crawl the previous mm-hmm. years, because I've been following it the last couple of years. Uh, I always like Laura's cow outfit. That was last year with the udder on it and everything. Oh, yeah, she's one of the milk maidens. It's pretty delightful. I enjoy that. Um, but in the process, I came across you have a you have the take it to the showroom. <laughs> they will fix your car. Two forty Warren Avenue. And you know what? I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't even watch it. I know that song because it's if you're from dancers. Maine, you know the showroom. Take I feel like what's the other it. one? It's like, I got a car. It's got no luster. Ooh, ooh. That might be Lockhart's Collision Center. Uh, I don't remember that one as well. No, the showroom is the catchiest one. Oh, yeah. Do you think it was like a prestige? Where, where are they now, A, eh? the yeah. showroom girls? Because it was like a very um, vaudeville. What's the word I'm going for? Yeah, Rockets, definitely vaudevillian. Vaudeville, vaudevillian. <laughs> It's like, was it like a status symbol to be dating like a showroom girl? You know, like. I, I just assume it's like all Mark's the mechanics daughters. No, no, no. The showroom commercial. Yeah. And like you said, you fucking play that song for anybody in Maine and they'll immediately. Yeah. Speaking of collaborations, I've tried bringing this up and (laughs) this is like showing that maybe not everybody in the uh, industry is from Maine anymore. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, there was one other person in the room. They're like, yeah. yeah." And they're like, I don't know. This might be a stretch. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like we could probably get the showroom involved with this. And they didn't know what you were talking about. They got blank stares. No, I thought the girl in the middle looked a little bit like Shannon Doherty. That's why I liked her. She with the bangs. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Sucker for bangs. <laughs> you know, ever since I was a kid and that commercial came out in 1985 or whatever it was. I, I like want to do a podcast. If you're out there, ladies, I want if, if we could do a podcast with the showroom girls. I'd love to see the behind the music. It's like, and then at the top of their career, yeah, they started things, doing coke. And then the heroin started. We lost one of them. Q you know, DJ Shadow, them, everything smiles yeah. out of control. Yeah, one of them is a man now. One of them overdosed. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's tough. The show, it's, it was crazy being a showroom girl. It's like the dirt, you know. The celebrity goes like their that. fucking head after a while. It does. It does. They're making, uh, you know, the tens of tens of dollars. <laughs> tens of hundreds <laughs> of singles of dollars. <laughs> If you're a regular listener to the show, you know that I regularly don't shut up about how much I love Termaline Spring Water. And actually today we have their second label, which is the Summit Spring Raw Water. It's actually the exact same thing. It's just two different marketing things for people who like different kinds of labels. It's the exact same water. Uh, The water is brilliant. It comes directly uh, from the spring. It's not filtered. It's not tampered with in any way. It goes straight into the bottle. We're going to discuss your water tasting later. But, I mean, it doesn't get any... It's it's, it's the kind of water that will take people who are just like, bottle water, water is water. And they try this and they're like, actually, that's really... That's really fucking good water. Also, they have a second product, the uh, Amethyst Elixir. Uh, CBD drops more than welcome to have some of those, too. Oh, yes. Um, they, anything you put them in, they makes it taste like delicious marijuana water. They are uh, 100% water-soluble, so they really hit the bloodstream faster. And, yeah, they make your, your, make your raw water taste like weed. Yeah, I, the CBD thing, it's funny. It's, like, it's everywhere now. Like, I didn't even realize because it's not really my whole jam, personally. Yeah. But it's, like... Every place you go to, like a Starbucks, and they have like CBD drinks now. It's like everybody <laughs> has it, but it's not amethyst liquid. This is the real deal. This is the uh, but it's not uh, that crunchy herbal rave bullshit, you know. All the distributors keep being like, We gotta get a CBD, we Dude, gotta get a CBD. I'm like, you know, No, you don't. Though. What are you talking the about? The thing is, you don't have to get one of those, but um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and the third company, as I uh, usually discuss, we don't have any in the studio today, but the Living Nuts, uh, the S's or Zed's. Or the S is a Z. Living <laughs> nuts, newts. Uh, they are organic nuts that are sprouted rather than roasted over a two-day process, uh, giving them a really nice texture and retaining a lot of the nutritional value of the nuts. They come in a lot of delicious flavors. I can recommend the Tahitian uh, vanilla is Ooh. delightful. Cashew. Uh, Tahitian vanilla, I believe, is almonds. Um, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, also, if you are living in Portland, it's no surprise that we have really, really great coffee roasters here. Now, the one that sort of, for me, when I really started getting into coffee, I mean, I could always tell the difference. It was like, you know, there was diner coffee or there was like coffee by design or like, yeah. you know, then you go like the Green Mountain, like the flavor, like when, you know what I'm saying? Like the 90s and the early aughts, you the didn't spectrums. really, like Starbucks was the first one. I was like, this tastes like burnt cardboard. Like, okay, I yeah. guess is what we're going to do. But uh, Speckled Axe, you can find their shop at 567 Congress Street in Portland. Um, that's the original. Uh, actually, it was Matt's Coffee originally. He didn't have a, a shop. He was doing mostly wholesale and in stores. But their coffee has like a really, there's just so many like funky, interesting characteristics to it. It's almost like it it's really reminds me of wine almost. Yeah. You know, uh, really interesting single origin stuff. They're opening a second location. Uh, on Thames Street in the, uh, this winter uh, coming up. And actually, yeah, the, we got some coffee here in the studio. We got some of their Ethiopia Misty Valley. And the other one is the Guatemala Valentone. Uh, and if you get, I mean, oh, it's you gotta, yeah, put this, put your face in this. And this is the Ethiopia Misty Valley. So I like how it's funny. I actually have a funny story. Yeah, give that a, they say milk, chocolate, blueberry, and what on that? Yeah, milk, chocolate, blueberries, and tropical fruits. Yeah. Natural processed oh, heirloom. And this is the, the Guatemala Valentine, so we got a little raspberry sugar cookie and melon. But yeah, I mean, I'm really, coffee is really fun to nerd out on because not only A, is it more delicious now, and like I have like, you know, you have to, next thing you know, you're buying a $150 grinder and you, you know, your the scales chemics. and you got your, you know, yeah, I have my Bonavita coffee maker. I used to do pour overs, but I just really got tired of standing there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my Bonavita right. maker is amazing. I, I only use the Termaline spring water to make the coffee because coffee is mostly water. 
But yeah, it's like it's but it's also more about the story of the origins of these coffees and like the small farms and the more interest we have now in the public for these coffees are allowing these farmers to get paid. It's the kind of same thing with chocolate. Going yeah. on. You know, they're able to get paid. You know, they're they don't produce much. The best ones don't produce barrack. that much. Right. And so now they get paid, uh, they compensated properly for that. And if you'd like to try Speckled X Coffee, either the Single Origin or the uh, Blends, which are all uh, wood roasted, uh, mm -hmm. really nice, you can go to the website, speckledax.com, S-P-E-C-K-L-E-D-A-X.com. Uh, if you spend 30 bucks, uh, you can get 30% off as a Food Dome Podcast listener. All you do is you enter the, the promotional code Shaheen Loves IPA. Love them. Loves them. So it's S H A H I N L O V E S I P A. Shaheen nice. loves IPA. IPA. And you get 30% off uh, or $30 or more on your order, and you can try this coffee for yourself and see the difference. It's it's amazing. I, I, I drink this regularly. It's like most things I tend to have on the show are things that are already part of my life anyway. So uh, Speckled X Coffee. And the funny thing about this was uh, at one point I had surprised, I think it was it was Terlingua, the restaurant, and they started doing brunch, and so I was like, a surprise, I brought in a few bags of it. Mm -hmm. It's for like their first day of brunch. I was like, here's a few bags of this coffee, go ahead and serve it, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I left, you know, but it was more that I wanted to drink it with my brunch. <laughs> I'm like that asshole. You're like, but, I brought you know, my own steak. Yeah, but some of like the descriptions in the front were like, you know, hazelnut, blah, 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 uh, or whatever. And I came back later on, they're like, oh my God, you didn't tell us that there were all these nuts in this. We were serving it to people oh, with like shit. nut allergies. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's just the flavor profile. Like, like it's, no, it's there's no actually sugar in cookies and melons <laughs> in this coffee. How did they get it in there? Yeah, and they were so concerned. Like, we could have killed somebody. And I'm like, And no, that's no, the thing, no. like, he's making really good fucking coffee. And it's like, it can run the gamut too. Like, like if somebody does like more like your traditional, like kind of like diner coffee, darker roast, mm -hmm. They've got that. And then for me, like, I don't like really, really acidic light roast coffee. Um, that's almost like extremely tannic. Yep. And like, if you hit, if you like uh, light roast, he has a really beautiful balance in that. If you like more of a light to medium, like anything in the spectrum, he just nails that out of the fucking park every single time. Cause I'm the same way of like a little bit of a, um, just like coffee nerd or very specific. Like I just can't stand shitty coffee. No. Like I'd rather just not have it. Uh, yeah. than to drink bad coffee. We like the speckled axe. I think that was a... So basically what we're trying to say is go to speckled axe. It's fucking awesome. In Portland, Maine, 567. And it's exactly like you said. It's like one of those things where um, it's just fucking like really good coffee at the end of the day and it's not kind of and he's, he's cool like that. I remember I was working at a restaurant in 2008 and we served his little, his coffee, Matt's coffee in the little French press and he came and did like a whole course for all the servers to show you how to make the coffee. Yeah. Because he's kind of like, all right, you know, like... We've done our part and made this good coffee because you're not done there. Like you're gonna have the world's best coffee and fuck like it a up. lot of things and fuck it all up and it can taste worse than Folgers Crystals if you don't know what you're doing. So we love Speckled Axe and that's that. And we are back with Shaheen Kojast Hassad. Perfecto. Look at that. <laughs> I've just been holding back the whole time. I knew what I was doing. I can read. <laughs> you speak Farsi perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's funny. Usually at this point, we uh, we bring up McDonald's for whatever reason on all of them. But I think we can, because we just got done talking about coffee, we can just leave it at the coffee sucks at McDonald's and move on. Or So I think moving from Iran, that was like the one familiar thing that my parents knew about America was McDonald's. So like as a kid, I was very much ingrained in uh my love of McDonald's like to this day to default like I eat uh I'm trying not to do it anymore but like you know you get out of work I'm driving down St. John Street to go to my apartment there's a 24 hours McDonald's I know there. I know that McDonald's is it back even like when you and I first met yeah 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 uh, you were back right in on, my yeah, marijuana bootleg days yes yes bootleg. I would literally have people show up and they'd be like hey man I'm gonna head, uh, head over that to was a... during marijuana prohibition yeah, so I was like the uh, not the Al Capone I guess Al Capone, you're more like the Steve Buscemi from <laughs> exactly. Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, and I would just literally be like, "All right, here's the deal. I'm like, stop by McDonald's. I need like two twenty pieces and a big mac the and a bunch of shit. You gotta get the C nugs. Love them. And then I would just take that out of their uh, how much money they owed me, or I just <laughs> do it on trade. I'd be like, "All right, cool. Like a gram for this much seems yeah. about right." The only power McDonald's eating I've ever done is, and it's something I think it's like when you're on the road in high school in a football team. 
Yeah. Like the lineman, you know, as an offensive tackle. Like when you stop at McDonald's on the bus, A, it's the greatest thing ever after a game. Obviously yeah. not before the game. You know, after the game, <laughs> if you've won, you know, you don't want to eat McDonald's in shame. You know, the linemen usually sit at one table together yeah. and it becomes like a thing. Who the fuck's going to smash It's like things. everybody puts a pyramid of burgers in front of them. <laughs> and I didn't even really want to, but I'm like, ah, if you're going to twist my arm, I guess I'll do this. That's I guess that's the only time I've ever really I think it's a good situation. move not eating them on the bus because I think it was uh, oh, yeah. one of the ver- first Navari uh, Christmas parties or something. No, second one. We went down to uh, the Armsby Abbey and Dive Bar in Worcester and Julie was pregnant, so she wasn't drinking. We roll down there, have an awesome party, and then on the way back, it's a blizzard coming back from Worcester, and I convince the bus driver to stop at a McDonald's uh, so I can get his food. Yeah, he pulls over at a McDonald's. They wouldn't allow us in because we're in a bus in the middle of a blizzard because the oh, drive through. Oh, in the drive through. Yeah, he then you know, they don't fucking drive through in a bus. And then I remember like getting out of the bus and yeah, being like, get out of the bus, waving my Christmas bonus, being like, "Come on, man, I just need like fifty. <laughs> oh, fucking that's right. This Big is you Mets. as a grown up. <laughs> Forgot. Like, this isn't you in high school. This is so like- we could get any there, and he was like, "I know of another one," and I'm like, "We're fucking going." Right. And Julia at this point just giving me daggers, being like, "We're not." going there and, and you're like, like yes we are we already took the exit we're already yeah done. we're here and we're going we're practically there already. same situation happened and i literally put down like 200 bucks and was like give me 25 hamburgers or big macs and then whatever's left over is yours and they came through with it and gave us a disgusting amount of big macs and then i just remember eating it on the bus and for the first five minutes Everybody was like jovial, cheering, and then the <laughs> next two hours to three hours, it just Ooh. smelled like onions and farts. Yeah, and it's gross. Julie, um, being a pregnant woman, was just staring at me the whole time like, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to murder your face. <laughs> uh, I remember one time on a bus, it wasn't on the bus, but it was like in 2010, I got, somehow I agreed to go to see ACDC at Gillette, and we had like a party bus. It was like... It seemed like a great idea. Like, I don't really like ACDC. I like, like, their old, old stuff. Yeah. But but to me, it's, like, the most overplayed music that, I mean, more than, I think even more than the Rolling Stones. Like, when I hear ACDC, like, I practically go to sleep. If I hear, like, yeah. Rose About to Rock or, God forbid, You Shook Me All Night Long, like, I literally start, <laughs> like, snoring wherever I am. Anyway, we're going to ACDC for whatever reason. And we drink the whole way down. I remember I had, like, a bag full of Rumpy Nips, Rumpelman's Nips, and uh, we get into the stadium, and we were late. To the show. And there was an opening act. I don't know whatever happened. But at, at halftime at Gillette, they shut off alcohol sales. What? Yeah. So we were there. And I'm like, okay, this sucks. And you start to get, like, hung over. Because you can't smuggle booze into the freaking stadium. Yeah. And so I remember there was a McDonald's. So I went and I was like, I'm going to have a bunch of McDonald's. <laughs> and I never felt worse, like, in my life. I went back. I, got, I went back to the bus and I actually tried to start drinking again. And I couldn't. I was like, I just feel so terrible right now like i left way before the show ended I was yeah like, i don't even care about any of this i just want to go sit down somewhere quiet the way you <laughs> described it is exactly what i'm picturing in my head it's just like a sopping wet hangover beginning and, oh, then, it's just, gross it's gross. Food and then like that's when, party mode yeah that's when you're talking about when you're like yeah i'll grab like a like a high alcohol beer or that's when i'm like i want like a tumbler full of very high proof alcohol yeah like something's gonna that's light gonna this gonna shit on jump fire. start Exactly, and I, I don't, and I want the food put away. It's like when you bust out the blow. Yeah, the food gets put away. Put get that food out of my We're fucking face. Here. No more food. The food goes away. It's time to drink. When the chowder powder is out. Chowder powder. Oh, it's funny. I think um, going back to old people and in food today, I was at I went to for lunch to the Muddy Rudder in Yarmouth. Oh. and I got uh, you know it's one place I've been going for a long time, and it's right near. You know, it's near the studio. Uh, so we, we, the crew and I go there sometimes. So I, I treat them to, you know, whatever. And we go for, uh, so you, I always get the clam chowder. It's, it's good. Oh, they, they changed it. I don't know what's up with it. But they used to do like the Rudy Rolls, you know, like the warm Parker House Rudy Roll things, yeah. which are delicious. Whatever, man. Yeah, I got, I want crackers and rolls. I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. And today they're like, yeah, we don't do the rolls anymore. And I was like, what? and like, yeah, for about a couple months now. And the, you can tell the server, she was like, on the way out, if you want to let the manager know that you don't like that. Because you know, old people have been merciless with this person. Oh, yeah. Like, every day they come in, because it's old people that go there at lunchtime. And they're like, what? I've no, been coming when here old for people, 40 years. They, when they perceive the value going away. Yeah. If you don't get, I don't think rolls are even an option to pay for. They just got rid of the bread and butter. 
if you get rid of the bread and butter, you got an angry mob on your hands, I felt like. You know, I was like, and she looked like she was, she was like, I really, that's almost like, you know, Olive Garden not serving, giving you an Andes mint at the end <laughs> with, your, with your check. Like, people would be rioting in the streets. Yeah, and it's true. It's like, I don't know, as I, I noticed this um, when dining with elderly people. They just assume that every restaurant has bread. They also assume and when that you don't get it. Every entree like, comes with something. Yeah, that there's a salad and a choice of a sides. Little packet of butter. That you and then every restaurant has ranch. And you know what? That's fine. Yeah. You know, uh, they've been a- set in their ways. And also, you want to be like the restaurant owner. Like, was it worth it? Yeah. Was it really worth it to fucking get to get rid of these rolls that cost you what? Like. Two cents a piece. Yeah, U.S. Foods sells them yeah. literally by the fucking ton. The like, bushel. You can get them all day. Yeah. And they just don't go bad. So I can't imagine yeah. there's like well, any people food are asking for more rolls. They're just filling up on rolls. Well, who cares? Like, for every person that's filling up on rolls, there's 20 people who are not filling up on rolls. Yeah. And are spending money, even if it's the old person special, at lunch in your restaurant. That's made like I've just stopped trying to take my mom to any dining experience I, 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 at all. Like I stopped. She is so upset that Outback Steakhouse isn't open in South Portland anymore. Uh, they did have, really, although I like El Rodeo, they do have um, Outback Steakhouse is like Texas Roadhouse in that it has a special breed of ranch dressing. Like they do something to it to make it better. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's just like you know amping up the MSG by fifty grams per yeah. per serving. Yeah. And it's like, it's funny because uh, I remember out in fucking L.A., I uh, there's this place Father's Off it. He's beat out like Daniel Balud for best burger in the country. It is a little bit cunty because like it's like uh, Maytag blue cheese, really good bun they do, really good specific grind, uh, no ketchup. You can't substitute anything. And it's a really good fucking burger. And I made yeah. the mistake of bringing my family there. Yeah, don't do that. Um, and there was like a wait to get in. Mm. Uh, mm. There was no table service. It was counter service. Mm. My sister, who hates like anything raw, mm. she's like, I'll have this well done with ketchup and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, and the American like, cheese are like, so here at Father's Office, uh, yeah. we don't, don't do this. You learned. You don't do it. Because yeah. then the whole time your like hair is literally standing up in the back of your neck. You're so uncomfortable. You don't even enjoy your own food. Yeah. Yeah. Like my sister doesn't eat seafood, even though if she's eating like a, a an egg roll or something. Yeah. She's finished it practically, then finds <laughs> out there was shrimp in there and it's like a fucking travesty. And you know, yeah, exactly. Anybody you just realize that it's easier to let them choose where to go. Yeah, we went to Sizzler the next night. You're like, night. I'm done recommending anything. And there are certain places like Palestine where I'm like, yeah, we can't go here because if you don't like it, I'm going to have a real problem with you. Exactly. It's just going to lead to family. I feel like family arguments most of the time now are just food based. I'm like, where the fuck are we eating? And this was like, I don't it's also go the there. one thing you can I always talk there. about with your family. You can always like, for me, it's like the one thing we can always I can always relate to because I like all food. Yeah, they like a limited amount of food. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I like everything, and I can talk about anything. Yeah, because I can always fuck with everything, and I think my family likes to go to chains. Yeah, yeah. My family loves chains, when, and therefore I love them too because they're easy. Yeah, and you look at the price points, you're like, dude, you could definitely just go to like a locally owned business and spend the same amount of money and get the same fucking like food. But it wouldn't be consistent. It wouldn't have the choice of sides they love yeah. so much. It wouldn't have any of the stuff. It wouldn't. It's like the chain experience. And to these people, these people these are family, all right? Shit. These people, all right? <laughs> these people, the way they live, they think that, like, you know, the different chain restaurants are, like, different restaurants. They're like, there's this really nice Mexican restaurant. It's called On the Border. Yeah. And then there's a steakhouse called Longhorn and another steakhouse called Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. It's not like they're all a part of a larger empire. It's like, no, these are the restaurants where we're going. And I think Which just understanding you like, go to? where fucking food's coming from without being like cunty about it. You're like, dude, this steak costs five dollars for a reason. Like this thing has felt the most gnarly pain of its life. Yeah. The entire time. Like you can taste that. And I can order on those menus when I go to a chain. Like I know how to order. Yeah. Uh, I know what they're going to screw up. A lot of times, I think the worst one's Applebee's. They Because they can even screw up a burger. And you're like, this burger is terrible. How did you, how does anybody? Because we went to Sizzler after we oh, went to that so, well, place. Well, Sizzler is like a cheese. I didn't even know it still exists. And it was fucking Where is the Sizzler now? Here? No, it was in LA. I was going to say, Sizzler. And my dad's just sitting there yeah. eating this super well done steak. And he's like, this is food. And now this like, is eating. <laughs> as the person is like taking And a side of dry food. spaghetti <laughs> with some sauce and some meatballs. And a sandwich. my dad one time, I went to Sizzler. We were in Florida. The Disneyland. I remember 
This is when I was developing all my issues. I um, had also ordered an all-you-can-eat shrimp basket in addition to the buffet. <laughs> and he's like, you're going to turn into a goddamn balloon and float away. <laughs> and I was also like, I don't feel like the more food I eat is going to make me more buoyant to float away. Yeah. I feel like I'm becoming more bound, you know, earthbound with the more I eat. So I'll have another basket of shrimp if yeah. I can get one of those. And also, I'll be at the buffet getting more spaghetti and a steak and a taco. Dude, and <laughs> I've been craving prime rib, like old slutty prime rib. Good prime rib. I gotta, I've heard like, that Old Port Tavern does good prime rib. I've never uh, been, but I'm told. And that's the kind of thing where you're like, it kind of has to be. Because I've tried going to DeMillo's three times when they do their fucking prime rib thing. Yeah. And I don't know if they just keep like one order of it on deck, but yeah. like I've gone there with like Emily and everybody. It's gone every single time. Yeah, and I'm like, or you I need get to the go well to done the early part. bird special. Like I've gotten there at like five o'clock and they're like sold out. When I want roast beef, I just go to Massachusetts and get a sandwich. <laughs> you know, I get the super beef someplace and that satisfies like that rare beef craving and like six inches of it. Something you know, like horseradish sauce. Horsey like sauce is delightful. Slutty, like just uh, old school. And I, when I make a prime rib, I get the nice crust on the outside. Oh. So they're like raw, not raw, very rare. Horse radish, but then like that nice crispy ring. Because I gotta say, the it. House of Prime Rib in San Francisco, yeah, still to this day is like my pinnacle. Because I tried doing that yeah, with Anthony my family Bourdain last time. Was talking about that when he was on the food coma thing. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. House of Prime Rib. He's like, some people got on me like it's not the best place to get prime rib, and he's just like, fuck off, dude. It's like they have like a thirty thousand dollar prime rib cart, and I just remember being like, yeah. dude, dude uh, anytime living. you go to a spot where an 80 year old man eating. is serving you who's worked there for 70 years yeah. since he was like 10, that's when you know it's good. Like, I don't know. I've just been, like I said, I've just been like craving it and I haven't found it anywhere. So I'm like trying to organize another crawl, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Uh, what was it? The fall main mall bar crawl where we just only go to mall related restaurants. Yeah, I don't. And yeah, I really want to do amazing. old country buffet. Like there is one gang out there. of people. Have, out there. No, that's a different. It's not old country. It's like it's a weird, different one. Something buffet. It's like con- country kitchen buffet. It's not an old yeah, country yeah, buffet. Yeah, I think though. it's country kitchen possibly. Yeah, and it's like doesn't have an entrance except mm, for the outside, which weird. only makes it more suspicious. Yeah, because I just remember like fondly as a kid. I think well, going was to that the, there one. was the grill at the mall. Yeah, that, that was in the middle. You could smoke butts there, and uh, <laughs> oh, the good old day. I remember like literally getting picked up. At the smoking pits of the mall, my dad would be like, oh, in the all middle? right, yeah. come back in like four hours. I'll be in the smoking pit. So we would get there and he would just be sitting like he wouldn't even be there. We'd just be like kids by ourselves, yeah. like seven years old, hang out in the smoking pit. Yeah. Then my dad would show up because his friend owned the Calabash. Yeah. Owned by uh, a Persian. Yeah. I worked for him. Oh, for real? I worked in the Habana room on 4th yeah, Street when I was in high school with him every day. And then every now and then I'd go out to the Calabash and make sandwiches. And that's when the old people taught me about how to play scratch tickets. When they have it available, it is some of the best Persian food in Maine. At like, the Calabash? Yeah, he has I like a grilled flatbread. And it's usually like pizza, back burgers. In the, it was 1997 when I worked for him. Yeah. And you weren't going to sell Persian food in 1997. Oh, no, no. It's like kind of like a secret now, menu item. I mean, I used to go to your mom's salon. Shanaz, Heather yeah. used to cut my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your family and I, it's so funny. Apparently, we... Intertwining. Yeah, you'd think I'd be able to pronounce your last name better, but... <laughs> And it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I've brought people there because I'm like, I'm just fucking craving like kebab and flatbread and grilled onion. I want to go, I'll go with you. It's, and you can still smoke butts inside. And I think yeah. he was explaining that their food and alcohol costs, I, I mean, uh, sales have to be less than tobacco for people to be able to smoke in there. So you get like yes. a pint of curio for like $2 uh, just because he's like, he I can't sell a lot of beer. Like, yeah, smoking's yeah. going to happen. So yeah. now it's just like, you know, Russians in velour suits hanging out. That's and awesome. I, uh, although I've gone there a couple great. times. Oh, I got yeah. paid. I was in high school. I was working at Joseph's and the Habana room. Ooh. So I was literally just getting paid to smoke butts <laughs> and like buy nice suits for myself. And I was obsessed. With I think you used to be smoke because like, uh, was it Buffalo Wings and things on Exchange Street? I remember smoking in there when I was in sixth grade. Yeah, I used to have the neon sign. And it was like the pass-through, remember? Yeah. And Fresh Market Pasta was also there, which was fucking delicious. Yeah. I feel like we're getting a little too old school for, for a lot of people <laughs> right now, but you know what? I don't really care. I found something online. I know Christmas is coming up. Uh, this is the, the 12 Nights of Wine collection. Um, <laughs> it's a box that you buy. It's the world's first wine advent calendar. Oh, so it's basically, it's essentially 12 vials of wine 
They say, count down the holidays. This is serious. This isn't uh, being funny. <laughs> count down the holidays with 12 glasses of world-class wines, perfectly paired to wash away the lingering pumpkin spice lattes of your hectic day. Naughty or nice, it's not drinking. It's a wine tasting, and that makes it classy. Um, and uh, in the press, you know, Pop Sugar says, there's a reason this wine advent, <laughs> ad- <laughs> there's a reason this wine advent calendar totally sold out last year. Uh, so then they would know. So yeah, literally, there's twelve, and they're hand curated, obviously. Uh, bold reds built for fireplace chats and wool blankets. Rich whites, as refreshing as a mad dash through the snow, because usually, you know, I'm assuming this is just Cabernet and Chardonnay in many different incarnations. I feel like somebody murdered themselves after uh, writing that ad. Yeah, copy. this is the, the the naughty box they call it. <laughs> so there's naughty, and that's like the red box. So there's these vials. And they, oh, look, and there's like, if you're going to feed each other peaches or nectarines oh, with a pit in there. If you're going to choke on the pit, if you're lucky, you don't have to drink the wine then. Do you get these presents? Because I get all these like I used to get presents. the wine enthusiast catalog presents, but I don't get those anymore. Uh, luckily, I, I put the kibosh on that. I'm like, don't get me wine stuff. I don't. I have enough wine charms for the glasses. I'm all set. <laughs> I'm not using any of them. It's easy. Relish your naughtiness with wines from coveted areas such as Barolo, Burgundy, and Rioja. I mean, and so it shows this, and it's like, look at these, like, shitbag cheeseball wine glasses they've got. I feel like you could, like, interchange wine with Fleshlight, and this would be the same exact ad (laughs) copy. I will will take Fleshlight (laughs) over this any day of the week. Bustle says, as far as more press, Bustle says... I challenge anyone to question the magic of Christmas now that this wine advent calendar from Vinebox exists <laughs> in this known universe. That you know, but then the, the thing is, so there's the naughty box, but if you if you delve deeper into the offerings, is the nice box too. See, it's white. And I think it's mostly Chardonnay. Oh, I get it. Yeah, Red and, and they're white. like, oh, be naughty. Have for twelve nights in a row, drink a vial of wine each <laughs> night because you're naughty. And then, of course, and it's like implying you don't share i don't know what do you do with this what kind of drinking is this like what kind of i guess if there's 12 of them and i drank all of them in 10 minutes there's so 12 and what 12 glasses that's what two two and a half bottles yeah i feel like this is you know i'm just picturing like a divorcee an apartment with like Lawn furniture. Or uh, soon to be divorced. Oh, yeah. Divorcee. Sad dads. Sad dads. <laughs> angry moms are feeling nice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I felt like really compelled to share this with you, but people are really excited about the 12 nights of wine. Should we do this? Yes. It's an advent calendar. It's coming right up. So you've been talking about milk crawls and, and, and mall restaurant bar crawls. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the 12 nights of wine. So we'll just keep that in our back pocket. See, uh, I think I might try to make like a milk advent calendar then. It's different types of creams, different dairies from all around the country. Got your nice ochres. I mean, you can get a lot of hills. different kind of creams here. And mm-hmm. there's the breast milk thing. We already talked about it. Um, now, I we, had, we had talked about uh, Termaline Spring Water. But you actually got to do a tasting with one of my personal, well, you know, a hero, but I have somebody I admire very much, Martin Martin Reese. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually interviewed him for Vice um, back in 2013 about, he's, he's actually the only water sommelier in the country. And it's, it's a real certification in Germany. It's like mineral Wasser sommelier. Yeah. And he's like the nicest guy. He's like, he's great. Super nice. He works at the restaurants, like the Shark and something. What's the restaurant called? Yeah, because he was at Patino when I was there, when yeah. I went out there in L.A., and now he's with this, like, um, boutique hotel bar. I forgot what the hell the name of it is. But, yeah, it's – it's the guy is super knowledgeable because, like, when I first heard that, I was like – Water tasting. This uh, is the yeah. fucking cuntiest thing I've ever heard That's in my life. That's what I thought, too. And uh, it was like I was listening to your mom's house podcast, and they always go back and forth, like, who drinks more water, who's the water champ. So they actually had him come on, and that episode was, like, really, really uh, impactful. Like, I was like, oh, dude, this is actually pretty interesting, like, hearing him talking about, like, TDS, mineral content. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was funny. I was visiting my family, and after many um, meals at different malls around Los Angeles and San Diego, I decided, like, my wife and I wanted to go out and just do, like, a nice meal of the two of us. And while I was looking for places, I found a place called Patina, and I was like, wait, why does that sound familiar? And I was like, holy fuck, it's the water sommelier. And my wife, she doesn't um, she doesn't really drink anymore, not because she's pregnant or because she's uh, recovering. She just doesn't like to we drink. We don't have to explain that on the show. <laughs> we, we all understand. 
Uh, and it was just funny because like I always feel bad because like at dinner I'll do pairings and she'll just kind of like sit there and drink her bottle of uh, mineral yeah, water. I feel bad. It's like whatever. She's just chilling. Yeah. And it was cool because I was like, I'm very intrigued by this and I want to meet this guy. So like I made the reservation, said like, hey, we'd like to do the water taste. And they're like, oh, how'd you hear about us? And we're like, oh, we've heard of Martin and we really admire his work. Nice. And uh, when we showed up there. He was like, he was the first person to greet us. And was like, how are you? I heard you guys were doing some water tasting. Uh, how did you guys hear, hear about us? And I was like, we're both mommies, which is from your mom's house podcast. And he was yeah. like, oh, fuck. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to fuck with you. But I'm like, we did hear about you through the podcast. We just started chatting. Um, I actually brought him a bottle of uh, our Fernet that we make at Liquid Riot. Yeah, the Fernet and, the actual wine sommelier used to work at Monk's Cafe, but long story short, I did the wine pairing, she did the water tasting, and I kind of jumped in on the water tasting as well. And we ended up just like having like a really cool conversation. And I was asking him questions about like, you know, really how much like water can play into brewing beer and like how the water is in Maine. And it's yeah. really, really like pretty interesting because like depending on water is mainly makes beer. Yeah. Like California, they have to start scaling back or being more efficient with their water usage versus Florida having like high sulfur content right. and disgusting egg water. Or they Los, have to have, Los Angeles has like Coca-Cola water. Yeah. And like how much that can play into it. Oh. And um, it was really, really cool doing the tasting because it was bonkers how fucking different it was. If you have any questions about what water is like, imagine like opening a restaurant in like Freeport where the water tastes like shit. Yeah. And how much water is your restaurant using? How many things are you using water in? You know, it, everything. So yeah. if your water doesn't taste good to start, your coffee, your cooking, your stocks, your pasta water, like everything you're using water for. And like reducing You're starting it with down. this base of something that doesn't taste good. I know a million wine sommeliers who are douchier than the water, than Martin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like Martin's cool. That, again, that's like that 1950s mentality of... I'm just going to write it off. Water is water. Like, yeah. And why like, would I pay for water? And for somebody who's like uh, like not drinking during a dining experience, this gives them something to like kind of uh, partake in. And like well, my wife. is really fucking good for you. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, she's really um, obsessed with like bottled water and like, uh, like anytime we're out to eat. And it's been interesting, like all around the world, like the different brands that they might have. It's not always San Pellegrino, like no. Portugal, if you go to Spain. So she was like really, really like blown away. And the pairings actually paired well with the dishes. Like having super, super like Vichy Catalan is fucking super salty. Like I personally yeah. don't like it because it tastes like sweat. But she was like had that paired with some type of a vegetable dish. And she was like, dude, this is like really good together. And I think I had it paired with um, I think it was like with steak, like yeah. a really, really nice, a nice piece of like Wagyu beef. Yeah. And it was just like made shit pop. Like, yeah. I didn't like the water by itself, but with the food, it was amazing. Yeah. Same as wine. Like, a oh, really sure. a really terroir-driven, like, tannic wine is not going to taste great on its own. But if you have it with, like, a nice fatty ribeye, you're like, oh, I get it now. And it opens right up. Water's the same way. I don't know. I don't get why people just wrote it off. Yeah. And, uh... But you know what? We we spread the gospel. That's what that's what we do. And we're just finishing up here. Smell. We're just we're just coffee sniffing at this point. Sniffing so beans. We're wrapping it up. I want to thank Shaheen for for being a part of this today, man. Thanks for coming out. Thank you so much, dude. This is a fucking awesome podcast, and it's good to hear uh, somebody from Maine talking about Maine food. You know, or, or talking about things that aren't from Maine, like water that comes from uh, icebergs <laughs> that melt. Uh, we want to thank our sponsors, of course, uh, Termaline Spring Water, uh, Amethyst Elixir, uh, Living Nuts with a Z. Uh, also, Speckled Axe Coffee, you can find it at 567 Congress Street in Portland. Uh, check them out at speckledaxe.com. That's S-P-E-C-K-L-E-D-A-X.com. And if you want to try their coffee uh, and you spend over $30, you can get a 30% discount using our promo code from the Fukuma Podcast, which is uh, Shaheen Loves IPA, because that's what he does. S-H-A-H-I-N-L-O-V-E-S-I-P-A. P-A. <laughs> <laughs> get yourself some delicious coffee, the Fukuma Podcast, signing off.